We're reading from Luke 2, uh, 39 uh, to 52. All right, so uh, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own hometown of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival, according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they finally found him in the temple courts, sitting with amongst teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had been in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then they went down to Nazareth when, uh, with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. One of the things about Christmas, one of the things about the story of Christmas is there's so many spectacular things around the Christmas story. Uh, we have bright stars shining in the sky that people can follow to find a stable. We have a chorus of angels, not just an angel, not just one, but a chorus of angels. I think I would be pretty blown away by the, you know, one angel coming to see me. But imagining the whole sky lit up with angels is just an absolutely incredible thought. Uh, we have a virgin conception. Now, this is a very challenging part of the Christman story. That you, you, know, you talk to a lot of people and say that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, and it's like, it's a hard one for people to grasp. But the reality is it's actually an essential part of the story. It's an essential part of the understanding that Jesus was not born in through sin, that he was immaculately conceived from the Virgin Mary. Spectacular, crazy, odd, different. Uh, we've got all kinds of fulfilled prophecies. And you look back through the Old Testament and you see all of these things just lining up and it's like, how did God know? Oh, yeah, it's God. Uh, but all these amazing things that take place. Uh, we have visiting magi or, or wise men that are coming through because they've been told to find this child. They bring some strange gifts, frankincense, myrrh. Uh, who knows these different things that actually people are bringing. And so there's all kinds of spectacular activity around the birth of Jesus. In our lives, we have fleeting moments of amazing. Now, some of us have more fleeting moments than others, and that's okay. 
but that's not every day of life. Either our lives, most of our birth stories weren't kind of like Jesus' birth story. Like there might have been a few things that went on. There might have been little moments of excitement, and, and it certainly is an amazing thing to go through the process and to see someone uh, be brought into the world. But it's not quite the level of the spectacular of Jesus. Our lives are filled with fleeting moments of amazing, but most of life is just everyday normal life. And so sometimes we come to the story of Jesus and it's kind of like, how can this story of Jesus, how can the story of Jesus who is God, who came down, how, how can that bring us peace? There's, there's too much spectacular about it. So that's the question I want us to dig into a little bit today. Can the story of Jesus, are there aspects of Jesus' story that can actually help us to find peace for our everyday lives. Uh, this is technically part three, but it's only the second one that we've actually heard in our series, Missing Peace. Uh, if you're here with us last week, it's a series that was actually put together, that the concept of the series was put together a crossover, which has been one of our mission partners across this last year. Uh, they provide the framework and the general ideas, and then it's fleshed out from there by me. Uh, and we're really looking at that idea of, are we missing peace? But not just that, what is the missing peace? What is it about Jesus that would help us to discover maybe the missing piece that's in our lives? Whether you've been following Jesus for a long time or maybe you're exploring Jesus. What does this look like? So I actually want us to look at the story of Jesus' childhood today. We're going to go into incredible detail about the amazing breadth of information that we've got about Jesus' childhood, which is very, very little. But actually, looking at that and looking at the reality of that, we can discover a lot that I think will help us in our own day-to-day -day lives. So first, we started off with this verse from verse 39 to 40 from Luke. And it reads like this. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Now, one little bit of the story here that isn't included in Luke's gospel, but is in the story of Matthew, is actually what happens not long after Jesus is born, is an angel appears to, to Mary and Joseph, so yes, a bit more spectacular, and tells them, you need to get out, because Herod's going to come and try and find this kid. And so they get sent to Egypt, and they go to Egypt for a period of time, and then an angel appears to them there and says, it's okay, Herod's died, you can come back now. And that's kind of where we pick it up from here. So they head back and they go to Nazareth. Now, most of us have heard of this place, Nazareth. It's, it's kind of a well-known place now because of the story of Jesus. But Nazareth actually wasn't that incredible at the time of Jesus. Uh, he grew up in this. It was an unremarkable little town in the area of Galilee. One of the reasons we know this, one of the reasons we know that there was nothing special about Nazareth or if there was something special, it wasn't of the good kind, is that actually in the book of John, John 1, 46, uh, Nathaniel is encouraged to come and follow Jesus by Philip. So Philip goes and finds and says, I found the Messiah, I found the Messiah. He comes from Nazareth. And the response from Nathaniel is this, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nazareth? 
Can anything good... Okay, you can insert your own Perth suburb. I'm not going to do it. But you can insert your own Perth suburb in that place. Ah, what good can come from that? That's what's going on here. Nazareth was not known as anything spectacular. It was nothing special. It was a run-of-the-mill, maybe a bit run-down area of Galilee. And that's where Jesus grew up. Uh, basically, in this area of Nazareth, you either fished or you farmed or you did some of the trades that kind of kept those things going. There, Obviously, you need your food grocers, you need your places of that sort of kind. But the vast majority of the population in the area either fished or farmed. And if you've ever been fishing, if you've ever been in a farm, there's very little glamorous about you know commercial levels of these things. Commercial level farming, commercial level fishing, it's everyday hard work. None of the fancy things. There's no fish trackers like we have today. Like You couldn't get on your boat and get the fish tracker out and see where the fish are biting. Uh, you just had to kind of get out there and throw your nets and see what you caught and go from there. And, and farming was a very hit and miss organisation. There's nothing special about the area. Uh, Jesus almost certainly learnt and practised the family trade. We know that Joseph was a carpenter and the but the best evidence that we have is that Jesus actually followed in the family trade. Uh, we get this from Mark chapter, Mark 6, verse 3, where it says this. Uh, this is when Jesus is actually doing some miracles and there's some amazing things going on. And that the, the kind of the teachers and the Pharisees are a bit surprised. They're like, so he's, and he's in, sorry, the important context here is he's in Nazareth. So he's gone back to his hometown and he's doing these things. And the people in his hometown are like, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon, like people we know? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offence at him. So Jesus is doing these things and they're like, but, but this is just that kid, you know, that kid that grew up with us, that he's been in town and like I told him off three weeks ago, probably not three weeks ago because he would have been on the path at the time. He's just the carpenter. Nothing special. How is he teaching and doing these things? There's no reason to believe that Jesus had any kind of spectacular upbringing. He was just Jesus, the son of Joseph, who became a carpenter. Now, we do get one story which was read out to us. One little bit of insight into, the, into Jesus' upbringing, which is a little different. And it's literally the only story that we have of Jesus' childhood beyond his birth and flight to Egypt. And so at age 12, and he's in the temple, Mary and Joseph looking for him for three days. I can't imagine what it would be like to have I've lost Toby for three days. Like three days in, and I'm like, where is Toby? Like the first day, we were like, oh my goodness, where's Toby? The second, we're like, where is Toby? The third, we're like, where's Toby? I can't imagine what it's like. And we find Jesus at the temple. And he says this, Why is it that you were looking for me? And kind of like, surprise, why would you not think about this first? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? So even though he was growing up in Nazareth, and even though we're relatively confident it was nothing special, he was developing his relationship with God. 
and he had some insight and he had some answers and he was able to talk with the teachers of the law and there were some things about that. But whatever it is that was going on in his upbringing, his everyday upbringing in Nazareth, working in the family trade, growing up in this little fishing village, it was drawing him closer and closer to his father. See, Jesus' growing years actually commend to us an ordinary life as a wonderful way to grow in a relationship with God. It wasn't like the whole of Jesus' childhood story was like his birth. It wasn't like Jesus, you know, did party tricks and sort of walked on water for his kids at school and uh, all those sort of things. That wasn't what went on. He didn't like, you know, turn his sandwich into some amazing gourmet meal or something to show off. Jesus grew to become an adult who would go on to do these amazing things with an everyday, ordinary childhood. That the people who grew up with him in his village did not expect him to amount to anything. Isn't this just the carpenter? Isn't that, that that's you know his brothers are here, his sisters are here. Like, hang on, I, we, this is not what I would have foreseen for him. It wasn't the reality of a spectacular childhood that led to Jesus being able to do what he did. Okay, it helps that he was the son of God. But his life and faith grew through everyday, ordinary life. Uh, We're aware that Joseph isn't on the scene when he's an adult. So he faced the loss of his earthly father. He he went through the challenge of the circumstances that happen in our life. And I'm sure there are other bits and pieces that we're not told. Where he experienced, I'm sure he scabbed his knee. I'm sure sometime when he was a kid, he like stubbed his toe or or ran into something and, and experienced those things. An everyday, ordinary life that actually equipped him to be the person that he became. See, Christmas is a special time of year. And I, I do love Christmas. It seems to come quicker and quicker every year. And so I'm just trying to slow that down a bit, but that's okay. Christmas is a special time. And, and enjoy the Christmas season and enjoy the, the joy and the frivolity and all the special events and the endless events that seem to happen at Christmas time. But most of life is ordinary. And that's actually the same as Jesus' childhood. God can, and I'd actually, I want to change my own words there. God wants to use. He wants to use our ordinary daily life to grow us. Not just those spectacular seasons. And yes, there are times in our life and faith that are kind of mountaintop experiences where incredible things happen and lightning bulb moments occur and radical change takes place. And absolutely, you can pray for those and desire those and look for those. But in the process of doing that, don't look down on the day-to-day life that you're living right now. In fact, the very things that you're facing right now, and there's a, there's a wide range of things that individuals in this room might be facing, the very things that you're facing right now 
are the things that God can, will, and wants to use to grow your relationship with him. You don't need to wait for something specific to happen. You don't need to wait until, well, when that happens, then I can follow Jesus more. Or, or when that happens, then I can kind of be released to kind of explore these things. And, and until they happen, I just have to sit here and I don't really have that peace. I actually think that God wants you to have that everyday peace. Every day. Not because of the spectacular, but in spite of it not being there. In spite of not having everything together. Uh, everyone who's got their ducks in a row, put your hands up. Everyone, you're, you're organised? Like everyone's all ready for Christmas. You can have Christmas today and you'd be all good. A few people are kind of looking at me like, Ooh! <laughs> kind of, Some of us can't even find our ducks. Absolutely. There's not going to be this a moment. In, okay. When you have that day where everything goes as you planned... Like, just remember that day because it's probably never going to happen again. And if that's what you're waiting for to experience the peace that God would have for you, you're probably, you're probably going to miss it. It's actually in the midst of the everyday experiences of life that Jesus most wants to meet us. So learning from the ordinary, one of the things that we can do is to learn to just put down deep roots of peace with God in our ordinary times, in the day-to-day. -day. Find little ways within your day to just draw your attention to God, not waiting for the mountaintop experiences. But as you go through the valleys and the ruts and the challenges and the different things that happen, have little rhythms, have little processes or little things that you do to just draw your attention and your mind back to Jesus. Back to the realities that it's actually in the day-to-day -day life that he can and will form you to be the person that you are meant to be. If you're forever seeking that amazing moment where you finally get to do your devotions before you get out of bed in the morning, it's like, oh, I made it, I'm there. If that's the only way that you're going to experience peace is to achieve the spectacular, then you're going to go through life with a very significant lack of peace. But finding ways to meet Jesus within the craziness of your day, the everyday moments you experience, that's where you'll find the missing piece. So as we approach a new year, yes, I'm talking about the new year already, this is crazy. As we approach the new year, as you start to reflect, and it's a natural thing to do, especially once you get past Christmas, that week between Christmas and the New Year is kind of pointless. Like It's like, all right, I've done Christmas, let's go. Although it's actually good to rest, which is, we don't do very well. But as we approach a new year, what are some daily rhythms that you can potentially grow into? And I'm not meaning setting yourself some spectacular, amazing miracle change, but just some little patterns or some little habits or maybe some thought processes or little moments or maybe you just need to set an alarm on your phone for one time each day that it can ding and you'll know what it means and everyone else in the room go, what was that ding? And you just know it. it's, it's a reminder to go, I'm going to center myself on Jesus today. Because this day is actually an important day. I don't know what's on my calendar today, but this day. This day is an important day because it's an everyday.
And I want to experience everyday peace. I'm just going to take a moment and reflect on Jesus. If the baby's crying in the corner, the, you know, we'll get to that in a moment. If dinner's needing to be cooked and the water's boiling over, okay, turn it down and then work through that. Whatever it is that might be going on. What little things can you put in place to be reminded that each day is a day that you can experience the peace of God, no matter what the circumstances might be? Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that you, you desire to bring us peace, not just in the spectacular, but in the ordinary. Not just in the mountaintops, but in the valley. It can be so easy, Lord, for us to get stuck seeking those amazing moments where everything comes together. But Lord, I would pray that you would help us to find peace when those things are missing. Help us to just experience what it is each day to go about the things that we need to go about, but with you in mind. And then, Lord, may we celebrate when the big things happen. May we celebrate when we have the spectacular. May we enjoy those fleeting moments of amazing. But may we not require them to keep going. Help us to find you in, an, in amidst everything else. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.